thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet 113 Since I left you, mine eye is in my mind, and that which governs me to go about doth part his function and is partly blind. Seems seeing, but effectually is out. For it no form delivers to the heart of bird, of flower, or shape which it doth latch. Of his quick objects hath the mind no part, nor his own vision holds what it doth catch. For if it sees the rudst or the gentlest sight, the most sweet favour or deformed creature, the mountain or the sea, the day or night, the crow or dove, it shapes them to your feature. Incapable of more, replete with you, my most true mind thus maketh mine eye untrue. That was Sonnet 113 of Shakespeare Sonnets, and I am Mark Chasley, and I am joined, as always, by someone who looks very upset. I was just trying to figure out the sonnet. Okay, you, you've gone evil, because it's gone, it's gone dark there, suddenly, and you now look it's, evil. And I, I can open the blinds. And then just, there will be all of the sunshine. Ah, oh, that's I, very... I see that. It's, it's not going <laughs> to help much. No. It's, no, no, I it's, mean, it's live, living slightly further up, well, living in, in the northern part of Europe, it's it's got to be, um, well, sunset is in 50 minutes. It's it's 15 half. 15 minutes to sunset? 50. 50, one five, okay. S- five sunset zero, in Cardiff sorry, is at... It's at twenty past four in the afternoon. Just it'll be dark by wow. like five. That's amazing, and I I should really be getting to the shop. I've got some things. I'm, I want to make bread this afternoon, and I also want to make some flapjack. Blimey, I've got lots of stuff to do. <sighs> oh, I love the we should, we should. Oh yeah, I like making bread. Breaking bread's good. I made my own naan bread. That was amazing. Mm. I should try that anyway. We we yeah yeah sonnet since I left so, you Mark what what has since, happened since you left mine eye is in my mind <laughs> it it I retreated retreat receded into my head it's I think this is another lovely another lovely sonnet it's kind of saying since since I left you which is is I'm hoping Shakespeare's meaning left is in broken up rather than I left you while we were having tea and I will see you again tomorrow. Um, but it is basically him saying everything I see, my mind is twisting into an image of you. I, I just, yeah, I, I, quite, I quite like that. It's a bit weird and a bit kind of crazy, but it's also quite nice. It. Yeah, but then uh, I get that though. When you are, I don't know if he is, he could still he he tries to go back to the madly in love, but you you tend of you tend to see the other person just in other people. Like you kind of walk around and you're just so dreamy in your head, then you just you see someone who has like vaguely the same haircut from behind. You kind of just. Your your mind just wants it to be them, and and then just just projects their image onto them. So you're you're talking to me about this, and it, again, it's something that doesn't make sense in my head. Weird. Because I don't 
I don't have that that visual recollection of people. So yeah, I, that does make it. Makes... But that's that. Yeah, you just you you, you see, or you, you just you recognize traits like you, the person you're in love with has. I don't know. They have dimples, and you see another person with dimples who has vaguely the same shape of head, and then you just you you just see your your first split second. You see the other face instead okay. of what is actually there. That sounds awful. That sounds quite terrifying. It's not. It's not like nightmarish, like running through a forest and you're being chased by trees, kind of thing. It's it's I mean it can't be maddening if the other person doesn't feel that way. But it's just I don't know. It's it, you're just constantly just wrapped in cotton candy. Just So do you think then that that because that's how you're linking in with that feeling. So do you think the since I left you at the beginning is talking about a kind of breakup rather than since I left you today and I'll see you tomorrow? I'm not sure if it, it it could just just be a physical absence. Okay. Since since I left you, just it's the kind. It's a fairly, it's a stretch of an argument to make at Sonnet One Thirteen, but it just if you are madly in love, you just any kind of like the person you close the door behind someone and you just it feels like you haven't seen them in a decade, kind of thing. You just just constantly want to be near them you just just you kind of go from the happiest person in the world to just being incredibly depressed which is well your serotonin levels screwing with your body but it, it, it just not being with them even if it's just for the hour that you walk home you you, you would just see them everywhere That's that's quite. I don't know. I I can't decide whether that's sweet or sad or scary or depressing. It's <laughs> I, it's av- I, I it's everything. Have never experienced it. Seriously. Seriously, because my brain doesn't work. It, I I know I sound like a mental person every time <laughs> I say this, but my brain really doesn't work on that visual level. It's. So I was trying to explain this to you the other night over Twitter, which is oh yeah, if there's a character in a movie. If there's an actor in a movie that plays two parts, I see them as two people. I don't see one person playing two parts. And and when when people when one actor goes from movie to movie to movie, I don't know it's the same actor because it's a different character. And my brain sees the character, and I see. I, I it's really hard to explain because I don't quite know how to put it into words because it's not a a word thing in my head. But I see the character as a collection of of traits and personality and and that's how i see and record people so the actors doesn't matter if the actor's doing a proper job i guess and is actually becoming or embodying a new person then i see a new person and it's only with bad actors that i then go that's james corden james corden's actually a very good example of that. James Corden in everything James Corden's in is James Corden. Same with Sean Connery. Sean Connery in every role is Sean Connery. Because they don't change who they are for the role. They're not actors. They are person they are 
personalities in their own right, I think. I, I get that with comedy, but I just I, I saw One Chance two days ago, the, the film where James Corden plays Paul Potts, the, uh, the opera singer who won Britain's Got Talent. And he did. I, I actually liked him in that. It's just that they have some issues with um, with sound mixing, because quite often the moment where he sings, it's off by like it's less than a second, but it's just enough for your brain to register that the lips aren't moving at exactly the same time. Then the sound comes out, and that's okay. just that's very disorientating. You just kind of go. It is so incredibly obvious, especially on a massive screen where the mouth is quite big. Obviously, <laughs> it's it's just. But he, he actually did a decent job. And that was just... It's an incredibly... incredible. It's very funny, but it's an incredibly sad film. Because that dude went through a lot of crap. He just basically had all the bad luck. From, like, cancer to just losing his voice for, for like, a year and a half. It just... Oh, blimey. But, but in that, James Corden actually did a decent job. And he just, just kind of redeemed his Gavin and Stacey I, I... days. Or Doctor Who appearances. Whether, it'd be interesting to see whether whether my brain then sees him as a different person or not. But it, yeah, it's so so. I find this Sonic quite hard to identify with because I don't, I, I can't understand what it's talking about. I can, I, I mean, I can read it and go, that sounds like I say, quite scary and depressing and and quite sweet in a way, but also quite freaky. But I've it's, got no um, experience of it. Have you ever seen Five Hundred Days of Summer? No. That might be a good film to watch then, because there's a lot of um. There, sometimes they, they, there's a bit where he just dances around, and it just just as the after he's had sex with the girl, and it just everyone is happy around him. It doesn't obviously in reality they wouldn't be, but in his mind it just creates the reality where everyone is happy because he is so exceedingly happy. And then there's there's moments where they use split screens. Like, they show you, in his mind, the expectation of, this is what is happening at the party. And then on the other side, he just goes, this is the reality of what is actually happening. <laughs> Which is, I, I really like the film. It's it's very, I, I, I like the fact that it, it starts with just a couple. And then the narrator just going, you should know up front, this is not a love story. And it just, it just kind of sets the scene. It's like, there's not, you know from the start that there's not going to be a happy end. Which do- okay. does make it a very interesting kind of twist on on on, on romantic movies kind of thing. But but there's there's a lot of interesting moments where you just you see that like the what a person in madly in love with you just because that's kind of the, the the gist of the film. He just he has the reality in his brain and and doesn't quite realize that. He's falling it's in love real. and she isn't, kind of thing, because he's so focused on 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 what what he perceives to be real. That's quite similar to the sonnets, then. Yeah, in a way, that's quite a good link because the Shakespeare's character in this is not based in reality at all. He's created this. Yeah, he's so incredibly obsessed with with the fair youth that he doesn't realize that that's not actually what's going on. Yeah. Mm. Linking that's, that's, stuff in. You were well, that was well done. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna choose to believe that was intentional. <laughs> it was, obviously. I'm gonna reward myself with a cookie now that I don't have. Oh. Oh. I don't have any cookies. You have to get one when you go to town. <laughs> I I will. I will. Good. Before Good. I make money Good. for in here. All of the yes. money. 
all of the money that would be so good i mean to, to have money coming in would be good i i don't like opening bank statements at the moment but you know this is let it change we're a small business, small business. we are growing though we are growing it's we are growing it is awesome and and i i did my big post i'm looking for people to help with with marketing at the moment but i i did my big post on facebook and the one thing we're not struggling with is talent in terms of everyone all the writers we publish all of the script writers we've worked with all of the actors we've worked with are amazingly talented and that's what i love about about doing this is that the, the <coughs> myth that talent is rare is 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 just that it's a complete myth and and the idea that only the people you see on tv and in movies are the talented ones and everyone else is just trying to emulate them is complete rubbish the people who are in tvs and movies are right place right time people but there yeah. are just as many talented people all around and and that's why it's so sad that people only read books from multi award winning top 50 selling writers because there are so many writers out there that are absolutely brilliant and and yeah that's my my passion is is what's what riding the wave of other people's talent that's what i do <laughs> <laughs> if they don't have a talent yourself you know get other people to do talented things and then take some credit for them it's good it's, it's really abuse it, it, they're, they're, it's like slavery they're my <laughs> slaves and I'm the big landowner I'm not making myself sound good am I no they just it, it does make sense that we just people read Dan Brown because it's Dan Brown not because it's good because it really isn't or, or people read, I don't know, people read John McGregor, who's a genuinely good author. I really like his books. But then you, you just you get sold as this next big thing by whichever publisher picks you up. Which makes sense, because the publisher needs to make the money back. And needs to make yeah. the money back of the smaller um, authors that they are hiring. Because... They're essentially just you, you can. It's like Hollywood film. You can lose a lot on 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 several films if you have the one blockbuster that brings in six hundred million. Like if you make one Iron Man that brings in a billion and a half, it it also covers the cost of the sixteen ten million dollar films that you made and and didn't bring in enough money to make the cost back. And and it just just kind of how it works with books which is why you just walk into a bookshop and then they're just it is just Stephen King yeah. the, the most Sandy Toxwig is, is stacked up in, in in Waterstones high up which sounds like a really funny book but it is just there because it's Sandy Toxwig it, I'm not sure if the book would have been well it might have been printed That's it might new. be genuinely funny I haven't read it but it might not have been made this popular if it wasn't Sandy Toxvik, who for people outside of Britain is is a fairly famous Radio Four um, personality, she does a, a political news quiz. Just, but finding well, we we found the small time authors. We just need to make them more popular now. Yeah, and they are awesome. I mean, they they oh, yeah, so good. It, it's. Ah, oh, dearie me. It's, it's, I think it will change as well, in the same way that we're now moving past the era of big corporations. So you're starting to see people not wanting to shop at Tesco and Sainsbury's and Waitrose. And you're starting to see people go back to 
the local grocers and the local butchers. I think that is starting to filter through. There is a, a cachet to be had about going to a local bookstore rather than to Waterstones. So I think it's happening. We've kind of gone... We're coming back round to this era of, of smaller, closer, independent workers. It's, um, it's mainly it's because just... um, <laughs> the big corporations screwed up so much. Like you have yeah. Amazon, Starbucks and all those kind of companies not paying tax. Because... They technically can get away with it. They didn't do anything. That's that's what people don't quite get. They didn't do anything illegal. Like no. Starbucks didn't. That's what's they they paid like a hundred pounds in taxes, making millions of profit. Obviously, Starbucks isn't just gonna pay millions in taxes if they, they don't, don't have, have to. to. Now they've I kind of got. Remember. Oh, we 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 are paying those taxes because they kind of realise that they're going to lose more money in the long run by people just not showing up anymore than yeah. just paying the taxes that people think they should have paid. But, but of course, no corporations real... just... Sorry. And, and that's the real thing to be upset about, is to be is, is not that they have done this to not pay taxes. It's the fact that it's com- what they've done is completely legal. There is yeah. no law. They haven't broken the law to do it. Yeah, yeah. They are following the laws of our country. And this whole idea of we can't change the law or they will run away to somewhere else is complete rubbish. If they do that, allow them to. There are plenty of small town uh, coffee shops and small independent coffee shops that are quite happily buy up the old Starbucks coffee shop on the high street and, and make their own local they, coffee. They There's... also wouldn't because they would still ma- they would make less of a profit, but yeah, they but would they still, still make, make profit. You don't, if you have a shop that brings you in, for the sake of simplicity, say you make a hundred grand in a year, and then you manage because laws are weird international tax laws. You manage to get away with paying ten pounds in taxes, and and you essentially keep your hundred grand minus the ten quid that you've had to spend. If the government then closes those loopholes and makes you pay, I don't know, a ten grand. grand or a grand, you're not gonna close the shop because you have to spend. You have to give away ten grand of yeah. your hundred grand, because by closing the shop, you would lose the other nine grand as well. You might be pissed yeah. off that you have to pay the ten grand, but you're gonna stay. And it's just—it's the myth that raising. Well, I'm not advocating raising taxes on anyone. That's insane. But but closing the loopholes that closing the loopholes to... that makes them allows them to get away with not paying anything at the moment, or such an incredibly yeah. minimal amount that it's just like nothing exactly exactly so this week on <laughs> sonnet's liberal left-wing podcast <laughs> political it's, it's, pillow I, talk with mark and thierry political pillow talk oh we're getting good at this we this is going to be an awesome podcast we we should do it and we should promote it on all the right-wing blogs as well we'd get more listeners that way just all these people going what are they talking about this week ah! <laughs> be great uh i think you should read sonnet 113 i will you will <coughs> sorry in in the dark in in the dark it is, it's still felt I, I guess it's just because the sun is the behind me so i look a lot darker than it is in here sonnet 113 which, which is the european number for uh, the police what, what just just public i've lost mark there I'm just going to read the sonnet and end Mark when you edit this. 
here's here's an indication that that you should cut that out. Or if not, then hello, listeners. Sonnet one one three. Since I left you, mine eye is in my mind, and that which governs me to go about doth part his function and is partly blind. Seems seeing, but effectually is out, for it no form delivers to the heart of bird, of flower, or shape which it doth latch. Of his quick object hath the mind no part, nor his own vision hauls what it doth catch. For if it see the rudest or gentlest sight, the most sweet favour or deformest creature, the mountain or the sea, the day or night, the crow or dove, it shapes them to your feature. Incapable of more, replete with you, my most true mind thus maketh mine eye untrue. Excellent. Mark, Mark, Mark. Is you are you actually back? I am back, and that was well timed. I came in on the word untrue. That's that brilliant. Awesome. I I did I did do like a weird loud noise before I read it. So if you want to cut out the bit where you go away, that's <laughs> or Thank leave you. it in. Thank leave you. it in. I don't mind. <laughs> Just I I will review at the time. <laughs> uh, so that was Sonnet 113 of Shakespeare's Sonnets, as expertly read by Thierry. I have been Mark Chatterley, and you can follow me on Twitter at inearent. And I've been Thierry Healers, and you can follow me on Twitter at Sound of Seagulls. And we will be back next time with Sonnet One One Four. I can't believe we're in the hundred and teens. It's amazing. Um, we, we are yes, powering so, through these. We are, and we so should we. We started over a year ago. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing and crazy. Right. So see you next time. Bye. Bye bye. You've been listening to Shakespeare Sonnets with Mark Chatterley and Thierry Hellis. This has been an in-ear entertainment podcast. To listen to other podcasts or find out more about in-ear entertainment, go to www.inearentertainment.com.